Howdy, everybody. Howdy. Partner, how you doing? My name is Michael Rosso, and I'm here with John Fideli. I'm the sidekick. And this is, um, you know, off mic, I call you color. Oh, you call me a lot worse. <laughs> I call you and Mark Dalzell color. Color commentator, sure, I'll come yeah. to that. Why not? I'm, I'm the dumb one that keeps the show going. You're, you think you're the Peter Tork of the group? I, I don't yes, think so. I think so. Every once in a while, I get to sing lead, but not very often. Do you ever see the movie Head? Yes. And like in the middle of it, they're doing something. All of a sudden, Peter Tork comes out of nowhere. He's like, I'm the dummy. I'm the- <laughs> it's true. I'm the dummy. I'm the dummy. I'm the May 15th, 2021. Yeah. Yeah, it's an exciting day. Why is that, Mike? Uh, rare and unusual that um, you have something. that we drop something as big as this. And we're talking about the the big drop happened on the twelfth, mm-hmm. three days ago. Yeah, scan your thirty five millimeter film using mm-hmm. the basic DSLR scanner kit. This is not news, no, to us because if you recall, like a year ago, we were yeah. on the Zoom with. Uh, Josh from Roberts, Ethan, and and yes, Ethan and Matt Marash, and we were talking about hey, DSLR scanning, it's the thing, yep. and it's a viable option. The exciting thing about this drop, by the way, this what we're talking about is actually available at the FPP. <gasps> Up until just a few years ago, that's why you, I'm excited about this. Yeah, if you were going to scan your film using a DSLR camera, you would literally need to get a tripod and tape your film to like a window or a light box, mm-hmm. and, and do it that way. This, this solution we're talking about, this basic kit that we've put together, this kit, this is a negative supply kit. That's the name of the company, Negative Supply. Mm-hmm. They're from Cali. California, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good idea. They've had a series of different modules and kits you could put together to use a DSLR to scan your film. I gravitated towards a basic mm-hmm. because I know folks, you know, are price conscious mm-hmm. you know what do you really need to, to what, are the, what are the basics to properly scan your film so yeah. negative supply started putting together uh, a basic negative carrier and that is the block mm-hmm. so it's a plastic and metal block where you feed your film in right and it keeps it flat yes underneath that block is a backlit light source mm-hmm. so both these items come with this kit mm-hmm and you plug that light source into any USB, or I guess you can get one of those charging cubes and plug it in the wall. Right. So now your film is illuminated. And the basic kit also comes with a riser, a.k.a. copy stand, right? where you mount your digital SLR camera. And now, now pretty much you're in business. So If you have a DSLR. If you have a DSLR. The, the kit doesn't come with a DSLR, but right. there's so many... DSLR cameras on eBay because, mm. you know, everyone's the latest and greatest in the digital world. They want to throw their old stuff out. That's and right. Upgrade. Yep. So you can buy a good cheap DSLR. Many cameras have been tested, including an old T2i and a full frame and full frame options like a D810. I mean, someone who's into the digital world, which I'm not, mm. like Matt Marash, yeah. he know immediately what I'm talking about. Like the Sony A7II. That sound effect, by the way, is in the beautiful Hanna-Barbera library. Yes, it is. They use that when they like... 
somebody would hold one hand under the chin and then stroke the neck up and down <laughs> and be like, I, 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 like why somebody would do that? I don't know. Yeah. In cartoon land. I guess any DSLR, DSLR will do, right? Or... Well, you want to make... Yeah. There yeah. are ones that are better for it. I don't know. Well, look, this we had here. Yeah. And... I had to figure out what lens to use. That was okay. that's a big question. That's a big question because you have to get macro. And even though most lenses, like the kit lens that comes with it, it's like the thirty-five to eighty lens that comes with. Is that the, macro? It says macro, but it's not macro enough. Uh, so I said to myself, "You can't move this up and zoom it, in." No, it wasn't working. No? You, you want to get as close. You want to be one to one. Okay. So you want to be right on it. So what I opted to do. What I opted to do is use a 50 millimeter lens with prime lens. Prime lens with what's called an extension tube. The okay. extension tube goes behind your lens, right? So it fits in between the lens and the camera, and the body, and it extends the lens out further, yeah. So that the focus can get much closer. What do those go for? I don't know. Leslie Leslie lent me hers. Oh. So I said to Leslie, I'm like, Hey, this is what I got. I'm having trouble focusing. You know, I'm having trouble getting one to one, getting close. Mm-hmm. on this negative supply kit. And did she use the word dummy? And I'll tell you something else, too. The same thing goes for Christmas. <laughs> well, dummy. <laughs> I said, I knew what I needed. I said, do you have any... Ex- I, I didn't have a EOS extension tube oh. because it has all the pins. So it's when you connect it... Yeah, yeah. Proprietary, yes. I guess, is the word. I don't know. You got your, your eBay phone open? Canon EOS... 25 extension tube. Extension. Yes. C-A-N-O-N. Extension. E-X-T-E-N-S-I-O-N. Extension. Tube? It's T-U- a tube? Tube. T-U-B-E. It's actually tube. It's called a tube. Extension tube, yeah. 20 buck. What's it say? Autofocus macro lens extension tube. Close-up ring for Canon EOS EF. $18 free shipping. They range between $12 and 130 bucks. Okay. This is for the photographer. Yes, thank you. Who doesn't want to spend a load of money on an Epson or comparable comparable scanner, and who maybe doesn't want to have to you know get a computer dedicated to it or hook it up to a computer. You're still going to need Photoshop, though, right? Uh, yes, there's a video. You're still going to need to get it into a computer. So there's a video on on our our product page, and it's a negative supply video, and he talks about. The various softwares that exist these days. I mean, old school. I'm old school, so mm. it's like okay. You Your know, Photoshop. when I do a demo, I'm going to go right into Photoshop. Yeah. But there are so many new softwares available that are not even. They don't even cost any money. Yeah, like DaVinci Resolve. Who does those? Da are Vinci. those branded? Uh, they're their own because Photoshop is Adobe, isn't it? Adobe Can Photoshop. You say Adobe. DaVinci Resolve, and AJ from Negative Supply. He mentioned some. Software I never, okay. That's I'm free. not aware of. That's free. Mm-hmm. So you do, yes, you need to, well, the way I'm doing it is manual, which is you take the picture, mm-hmm. it goes on your your drive. Flash drive. Flash drive. And then I bring it over to my, <laughs> don't laugh, desktop computer. <laughs> Commodore 64? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I, I, I know everyone's on their phone, but I highly advise, like, when it's time... And, you know, like, oh, what, is, what do you want Santa Claus to bring you? I want a desktop computer. A desktop computer. It's I so beautiful. You I have like one, it. right? I like it. It's, it's beautiful to work on a desktop. It is. 
So I bring my flash card over, I stick it in the desktop, I open up Photoshop, and then I suck in my, my images and make the corrections that mm-hmm. need to be done. Interestingly enough, when I was DSLR scanning using this kit, mm-hmm. I, I scanned a roll of Ektachrome. It didn't need any adjustments. Really? Out of the box, as they say. Really? Yes. I wonder why. I don't know. It's that good, Jerry. <laughs> it just was so good. The, the misconception is, and the, you know, if, if you're new to film photography, if you started developing your own film, you need a scanning option. And here's the news, folks. Whether you're using the basic DSLR kit or using an Epson or any other flatbed, those are flatbed scanners. Flatbed. There is very rarely a press a button, it scans, and it's ready to go. And don't I know it, by all the photography I see online, mm-hmm. that is not, quote-unquote, color graded yeah so folks out there they're like hey is my my sin is still shot 800t yeah i'm looking at it and it's green yeah <laughs> can't call it correct now don't get me wrong there that's, is that's the organic image some people are like you know super cool shot it outside some of that works aesthetically. It, it's blue it's green so there's so many factors involved in scanning and this also applies to motion picture scanning of you know, when we z- scan a roll of motion picture film, Dave c- takes that file and color grades it. Mm-hmm. Pretty much block, you know, ch- ch- shot by shot. You know, like scene by scene. Right. So someone shooting indoors, he makes a correction, goes outdoors, has to change the correction. So mm-hmm. there's no, if, if you want to master scanning, there, there are, you know, there's no press. I'm trying to say, if you want to press a button to get your stuff scanned, send yes. it to the dark room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, five bucks or whatever. Yeah. So be keep that in mind if you're new to scanning, regardless of the tool you're using. There is finesse. Same thing with when, whether I'm using the Epson or the Negative Supply kit. If I'm scanning what I would call a tough film, like Sonic 25. What do you mean tough? Tough. Uh, high contrast. I'd okay. Say. All right. Um, those are tough films to scan because you scanning it and it's so high contrast. Mm. This is such a big topic, folks, and I don't mind opening it up. It is. And just, you know, I mean, send feedback to us, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Beginga-bung. First thing John asked was was price. So, of course, the basic DSLR scanner kit. Maybe it's us Jersey guys. Everyone's like, how much? Folks at home. It's always the first consideration. It is the first consideration. It also is the first considerations in inappropriate situations. Like, if, like, <laughs> like I was, I don't know where I was. Someone like just bought a house. Someone was like, oh, how much that cost? Oh, you don't ask people no. for something. No. How much? That's inappropriate. Hey, that's a nice TV. How much you pay for that? You don't mind me asking? They do, but the... <laughs> the basic kit is three ninety nine. What do you get? You get the... Light box? You get, you get the film the, holder. You get the basic film carrier that holds your film. You yeah. get the riser, which is the stand, and you get the the basic light source. And the film, uh, the, the the film holder, very easy to feed. If your film is really crimped at the end, it can get stuck on the first shot or two to get it out of there. But other than that, it's nice, noise, yeah. as we say here, noise. Price, price, price. You know, price, price, price. E- either way, you're gonna pay. I guess so. You, you, need, you know, so... Just how do you want to work it? The reason we're behind this product is because it's so well built, and this will last you. Mm-hmm. This will last if you treat it with respect. Yes. <laughs> so you know what would be nice? If there was a way to upgrade the film holder to automated in the future. Well, I'm so glad you asked that. Oh, really? But that's not what this kit is. Right. 
I know. There are other kits that will. What, yeah. there's a cable that goes into the well, camera well, somehow? Well, yeah, l- let's talk about that really fast. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm doing everything old school manual, you mm-hmm. know, like old guys do. Yeah. You could tether your camera to your laptop. Okay. It's based on what camera you have. Mm-hmm. And Is there like a USB port or something? There's a port on some oh. cameras. It's demonstrated in the video that goes to your laptop mm-hmm. to the recommended software. Yeah. So you could trigger. So you, one hand, you're feeding the film. And the other hand, you're 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 actually like a um, scanning and shooting. What do you call this? Trigger finger. No, the, the plunger thing. What do you call that? Cable release. Cable release. So it's a, in, in essentially it's an electronic cable release. Okay. So you could be feeding your film. That's how you could do it so fast. Like chick 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 Oh, so you're still feeding it manually. Yes. Okay, yes. so it, it's not. I was I had this vision of the film holder with some kind of gears that went into sprockets that would then sync up to the camera and then with one button it would take a picture in advance. Take a picture in advance. No. That would be great. When when can I expect that? You could get it now if you want. They make models like that? Uh, yeah, auto feed, yeah. Oh. And uh, it's probably like $1,500, though. And you know who's all about that? The Ethan Moses is all about that. Oh, he's a smart guy. Yes, he is. So there are other options out there. This is the basic. Okay. And what you can do with this basic, because the light source is 4x5. It's a good light source. Is that it's an investment, and then you can invest in just different film carriers. Mm. So there isn't a basic 120 yet, but there, I'm, I'm assuming, will be. Four by five, you just lay it on the box. I haven't experimented with four by five yet, but I'm guessing. I don't know if you get a moray pattern. If you put things right on the glass, you well, get. You need like two pieces of glass to smush it between, no? You can go online. Even maybe Negative Supply offers it now. Maybe. So I, I use, you know, for 10, 11 years, the Epson. Now I'm using this, new to me. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people out there making stuff. There's a lot going on. And a lot of various price points, I'm yes. expecting. But I'm concerned about quality so this is this, and workmanship. This is a solidly built manual system Yes, that you can work relatively quickly with. As you progress in your life, mm-hmm. just put a different camera there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. like, like when my Epson conks out, and it will. Of course. It's done. I think this kit is awesome, too, because so many film shooters already own the DSLR camera. Yeah. So when I put this kit together, you know, it was so new out of the box for me. It was such a brand new experience for, for me. Yes, Mike. That I made a list of what's not included. Okay. Well, that's good because you're going to need all this stuff to, to use it. Luckily, it's not much. We already talked about it doesn't come with a camera. Great. But it may be stuff you already possess. Go. The light source comes with the cord, the USB cord, but it does not come with power or a laptop. Mm. So when it's I had cube. This, I had this set up on my desk in my spare room. I didn't have a laptop because mm. I'm a desktop user. And I saw the cord. I'm like, uh-oh. So I'm like, what am I going to plug this into? Uh, I thought about it for a quick minute. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. Uncle Fester. And I, <laughs> I just happened to have one of those oh, the USB. Multi-box. Multi yeah, multi-box USB that plugs into the wall. So sure. I, use, I use that. You could plug it into the USB port of one of your computer. Yes, yeah. yes, if you have a computer nearby. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, but these are old people problems. <laughs> a young person it's not is issue. not going to think about this. It's no. like they're so nimble. <laughs> just, use, just 
<laughs> well, they've got more brain cells than we do. And exactly. Care, and care a lot more. So the you know that that's really it, folks. I mean, I've used it. There's a video up on the product page. I'm going to be doing a video of um, John and I. We just John got his hands on it. Yeah. Uh, John, what are your comments? My back hurts from hunching over the damn thing. And I said to him, "That's because you're old. The kids don't right. have this problem." No. Well, you know what? This is not your home, so you would ha- you I would, would have a lower table. I would I would work it so that it was yes. less taxing on my back, for yeah. sure. But the film carrier is awesome because it keeps your negatives flat. That's a big issue. Big There's issue. No cupping. Nope. And this kit allows you to grow with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you folks have any questions, just send them on along here. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. <laughs> questions about scanning? Are you thinking about getting into scanning? There have been so many people... Mm. Buying FPP photochemistry and and Kodak photochemistry yeah. and, and souping their own. Soup it up, baby. Uh, you know, I never really asked, you know, are all these people, how are you scanning? Do some people soup their own film and then... And send it out to scan? Send it out. Mm. How much, um, how many folks are using cell phones to, to scan? Probably a lot. You think so? Yeah. It's hard to find a good light box. This is a good light box. Yes, it is. I bought it. A- junky one off of instagram it's got leds in it oh stupid i can't use it for scanning at all it creates like patterns you, yeah you see the pattern behind the film it's not oh. an even light source yeah this is properly properly yes. properly modulated properly modulated as ben stern would say yes so if you have a dslr and no scanning definitely would recommend this. Now, let me as ask a you a question kit. john do you do you covet this like from your workflow? Where are you at with your job? I mean, John shoots a lot, folks. John shoots a lot. I a lot. I scan complains nothing. about scanning. I hate it. Way be how far behind are you? So far behind. I'm like thirty rolls behind. I haven't I haven't posted anything on Instagram because I have so much. And stuff you own a V700. I own it. Right now, our basement's being remodeled. Oh, let, so okay. It's in let's, pieces upstairs. Let's not together. I can't. Let's use vision. It. Let's vi- let's have a vision that your basement is completed. Yes. Did you plan on having an area like your photo section upstairs in my office where now all the shit from the basement is? Oh, I see. Okay, so you will have a dedicated little room. Yes, I will have the office upstairs with with the scanner and the computer. You got a nice upstairs. AC in the window? No. <laughs> I mean, from the perspective of you already own a scanner, mm-hmm. would you? I'd con- dump it in a minute. You would dump your V... I would totally uh, dump it. You would? I would. I don't like the process of it. I hate... I just hate loading it into the holders, and if it's cupping, trying to get it right, and cutting the film, and trying to fit it in there, and getting the air, and I just, you know, wiping down the scanner surface if it's dirty from grease, and there's always, you know, I just, I don't enjoy it at all. Have your uh, like Epson it. trays broken? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Why, are you broken? They're not broken. They start snapping in places. Oh, uh, all right. I'll show you mine. Hundred and fifty. <laughs> now, bucks. It, and by the way, this this is you know, this is all not, this is this is FPP. Get, is no pre no no pre planned conversation here. These are this is a fresh interview. Yes, you would. I'm shocked, folks. You would dump your V700, yeah. and you'd opt into something like this. Yeah, you really see this as a solution. It looks more fun. I would eventually work my way up to something that's automated. Okay. Did you, did you I, go- enjoy, I enjoy retouching photos in the computer like in Photoshop. Okay. That's fun. You know, getting the image right with the exposure and color temperature okay. and all that shit. But the process of just scanning it in there is laborious to me. Now, do you have an old school Photoshop that came on a disc or do you pay a monthly subscription? I don't use Photoshop. Oh, what do you use? I use 
iPhoto. Oh. It's, it's like you said, basic program. You just you can do the color curve, you can, you know, uh, zoom in, you can do minor adjustments with exposure. I mean, it's not as extensive as Photoshop or DaVinci or any of those things, but suits my purposes. Because in that respect, I'm not going to really labor over it. Wow. It's more of an Alan Vega approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know Alan Vega? I have no idea. <laughs> i got to turn you on to Alan Vega. Okay. He's a, he started out in punk rock, and then he kind of went the way of Scott Walker. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You like his stuff. Hold on to that thought. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll be back next month to kind of get the... I mean, this, this, all, this, this all just dropped. So next right. month, I'll be able to catch my breath, see... Get you a little better. Yeah. A, I'll be doing more scanning. Mm-hmm. I'll see from from our FPP folks who who come to the FPP online store who's interested, how that went, what they think. Yeah. You get people to review these products on the website. Mm, no, I get I get a lot of emails. We don't we don't post reviews. Okay. You know, it has a beautiful site that posts reviews. I mean, <gasps> beautiful. Like, yeah. when I go to the website, I can't believe how beautiful it is. Analog Wonderland. Oh, really? <laughs> so, let's say it's FPP Super Positive Film. Mm-hmm. The film, description, then there are all these beautiful uh, user posts with pictures. Oh. And they talk about their experience. I think I'm going to bring that to the table next month with my laptop. You should. I'd like we'll, to see it. We'll oh. go through some FPP films and be like, okay. The reviews. What are the reviews from Analog Wonderland? How are the people over in England receiving this film? Yes. I'd move to England in a second, by the way. You think so? Yes. Without a doubt. Why? What, uh, what's enticing to you about England? Uh... The two times I was there, I just enjoyed everything about it. It's lovely. I enjoy the people. You know, and I'd be going over there with a gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the I have the accent. You're the American. It's a crazy American. Uh oh, you're gonna be crazy American. <laughs> Hello, Mike. <laughs> I just love pub culture. You do? Yes. I love the idea of just being able to go into a pub. Like if you if you're in a town or a city, having your pub and going in there and hanging out with people and drinking. Like you know the the Cheers experience. Yeah, it just seems more enticing in England. I think it, it was. A, I found it a little jarring for me, at least, because I'm not a drinker. That everything exits into the pub. Yeah, you can't plan a day without it. Like every every part. day when we were in England, which is ten years ago, we ended up at a pub. There wasn't a day where we start at Lomography, go on mm-hmm. the photo walk, ba da da, go stop and have dinner. Oh, guess what? Pub. <sighs> Go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? <laughs> Let's pub. So what was I doing? I rented a bicycle. Time to wake this show up. Hey, when we come back, we're going to be talking about... Um, we we'll to talk about the Bell and Howell? Or, or the movie? We'll talk about the movie. The movie. Yeah, okay, we'll be right back. Hey, rather than playing a spot on this break, I want to talk to everyone about what I've been listening to because I'm so 
when I get on, on in on a new artist, I'm in 100. percent Yeah, like you jump I, in with both feet. I jump. I'm like, I want to. I want to immerse ex- yourself at the expense of every other kind of music. Yep, you're exclusive at that point. So right now, I have two bands exclusive. The first mm-hmm. one, Granddaddy. Okay, the first one, Granddaddy. Yeah, I didn't know who they were. Never heard of them at all. Sophomore slump. Yes, but uh, uh, Spotify gave a recommendation. It's like, Bink, you may like. I'm like, ah, okay. And most of them, I'm like, click. I'll give it a go. Give it a go. And I'm like, okay, next. Nothing. Nothing. So this, for whatever reason. It clicked. It's probably the fact that um, the head honcho over there, he uses a lot of like, I thought of the Smooth Sailors, a lot of like electronic little sound effects in the songs. Like, oh, okay. Or like just little, little like sonic textures. Yes, it's sonically textured beautifully. It's it's from the late '90s, but they came out of that whole like that whole late '90s. Uh, you know, whenever I think of late '90s, I think of Radiohead. Granddaddy. Is it Jason Little or Jason Lytle? They're from California. Okay. L Y T L E Lytle, probably. Lytle. So they're a California band. Okay. Like Everclear. All right. It's very uncommon for me to be interested and like the music mm. of this type of band. Right. As a matter of fact, I think Jason Lytle was a skateboarder. It looks like it. He has a, a baseball hat on and yeah. shows. There was plenty of room for experiment. In 1924, Beatrice Harrison played her cello in a Surrey wood, accompanied by a nightingale. The other band, Flotation Toy Warning. Come on. Come on, look them up. Are they a new band? No, they're not a new band. Flotation Toy Warning? This is all from my Spotify. That's like Car Seat Headrest. You ever hear that band? No. So it was a recommendation. I clicked it. I'm like, what is this? They are a band from the UK. Yes. 2001. What's their first album? It says uh, they have similar similarities to Granddaddy, oh. <laughs> Flaming Lips. Oh, Mercury Rev was another band at that time. Sparkle Horse is also. Okay. Uh, this says The Unicorn. I never heard of them. And Air. Do you hear any Air? Oh, John Fideli and I, folks, were listening to so much Air 10 years Back ago. Back in the day. Yeah. We see them? We did. Yes, we did. Yes. I don't want to talk about the actual event. Why? I don't know who kind of weirdo I brought with me. Is that with the Brits? No. No, we saw a broadcast with a weirdo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. So back in the day where um, I didn't know who my... I always knew John was my friend, but I didn't know who the other people were no, that I brought with me. No, always, I'd be like, hey, John, this is so-and-so. He always bought some satellite weirdo. Yeah, and then John, and especially his wife, would look, look like she'd give the look to me because... She has a very good instinct. Yes. Yeah, so John and his wife, I know them since college, so we have like psychic abilities. They yeah. could just look at me and, and I know that they I know that they know that I brought a weirdo with me. <laughs> yes. Immediately. And then after I left, I'm sure, you know, we your would, wife would say to you, What's up with Mike? She'd say, What was that all about? <laughs> that was the phrase. What was that all about? <laughs> You know, that encompasses everything, that question, right? Like, yes. Like, who was that person? Why were they there? Yes. <laughs> what yeah. was that all about? So the uh, flotation people did Bluffer's Guide to Flight Deck. Yes. And the machine that made us. And this, the song you want to listen to is Even Fantastica. Right. I'm going to 
I'm going to put one of their albums on so I can listen to it on the way home. Okay, good idea. Which one do you do you think? The, the first album. What's it called? Flotation? Flotation Toy Warning. Flo- flotation spell Toy Flotation warning. for a minute. All right, so they have two two albums out. Machines That Made Us and Bluffer's Guide to the Flight You want deck. the first one. Okay. Another great band. This one's from the 80s. D- different, but I guess more shoegazy is... Kitchens of Distinction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to listen to them. Yeah, they're the good. Day. Also, um, they, I think they were like a power trio. I don't know. Also, Real Estate came out around that time. I'm done with Real Estate. Even no, though they're no from- not the new Real Estate. The other one. What were they called? Oh, no. Rainy Day Real Estate, I think. Don't know those guys. Yeah. I know, folks. We're talking about music, but let's 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 be real. Yeah. Could be worse. We could be talking about Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. At least we, you know, hopefully we're 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 bringing up bands that Look, people who hear them are like, oh, or people who don't know them will maybe get enticed by them. I will say, while this. they're scanning their film, yeah. you can listen to these bands. Hey, we're back. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to our our, uh, our rant on music. Our rant on music. Our little tangential I'll conversation. Love feedback. If you guys listen to any of those those deep cuts we recommended, yeah, we received an email about uh, a film that's been produced. Yes, and John found it completely fascinating. The reason I loved it is because not only is it just it's first of all it's short because a lot of people make documentaries these days that are just overlong and just really oh Michael that's too long overdue. Things and everything is so reverential and awesome and great. This was short, succinct, ten-minute film about this dude and how he developed a love for finding film, scanning it, uh, printing it, uh, sometimes doing exhibits with it, presenting it to people, and now he puts it on social media. The name of his Instagram account is at I found your film, and I follow him, and the photos are great. Every day or two, he'll post two, three uh, shots from a role that he found. The last sequence he did was uh, a flight attendant, I guess, who was somewhere in Polynesia, Hawaii, or one of the islands out that way. Uh, and it was a flight attendant who was getting a tour by, I guess, these two locals who were bringing her to, you know, different events. Beautifully photographed, strangely framed. They're just, they were not meant to be like in a magazine or anything. They were just candid shots that just have a charm to them and that evoke the era in which they were taken just so beautifully. These are shots that don't need any descriptions. They don't need Oh, there's any, no descriptions. No, it, it just says uh, flight attendant tour. Give a year? No, I don't think so because I don't think he knows what year. Because he's finding these films. So the film goes more into depth into his process. Um, And the important thing was the beginning of his journey was looking at some film that his grandfather had taken. And, you know, it was, you know, very amateurish. Nothing was framed properly. And, you know, it was just nothing of note unless you knew the people in there. And then he came across one photo where his grandparents were on a tour, on a bus tour, and they stopped to eat lunch and everybody from the bus was on the hill and the grandfather stepped out to take the photo and it's a shot of about maybe 30 people on this hill it's a wide shot and his grandmother was perfectly centered in the frame and she was the only person that was looking at the camera perhaps because she knew that her husband was taking a photo so it's kind of one of those photos like a Bryson photo where everything is just so natural but that one element is out of place that makes an ordinary picture extraordinary and that was 
something he said that he was moved by, and it was also what got him started on the journey was the elusive nature of what will grab you in a photo because it's different from person to person. What you see in a photo that moves you may be different from me, but I think in some of the photos that he's um, looking at in these jumbled and seemingly unorganized photo, there seems to be some kind of narrative going on that if you look at it, long enough and close enough, you'll be able to get the gist of the story. And that's what's important about finding these films and not knowing the story behind them, because you're kind of like a detective to trying to say, oh, what is this? Is this a family picnic? Is this an uncle? Oh, is this the the uncle that didn't like to get his picture taken? Oh, is this the grumpy grandmother? Oh, this is the proud mother showing off her, her, um, you know, her cooking skills. It started him going into thrift shops and flea markets and, and the like, looking for cameras that had film left in them. So he would buy these or ne- uh, negotiate to buy the films or the cameras, then go home and do this. So this is what he does. You know, we would go to record shows or camera sh- shows and look for specific cameras. This guy goes specifically to look for film that has been shot unexposed or, or exposed film that he can then take home and, you know, basically discover what was going on in this, in this anonymous person's life. You, did you mention the no, name? No, I didn't. Let's see. The filmmakers of the film are... And these are people from the Netherlands, so I'm going to botch their names terribly. It's J-E-L-T-E, Jelte van Lente, and Han van der Velde are the filmmakers. And the subject of the film is T-I-G-M-E-N, which I'm thinking is Tijman van D-I-J-K, Digic. So Tijman van Digic is the subject of the film, and who is the man behind I Found Your Film on Instagram. And the name of the film company is Rue de Lab- Labrador Films. Wait. All this information and the link to watch the video will be in our show notes. What show? Just go to filmphotographyproject.com. Click, <laughs> click podcasts and this show, the May 15th, 2021. Right. I suggest you see it because it's 10 minutes. It's a real quick viewing, but it is quite touching. It's very slow paced and... Uh, online presence right it was just more more or less about how um these films take a life of their own in your mind and how it will infiltrate your existence sometimes where you look at it and just be like oh that's interesting and then walk away and it'll stick with you and you'll think about it and think about it kind of like a david lynch film you'll watch it and be like whoa and then throughout the rest of the day that will stick with you and you'll want to explore it more um it isn't that why we love photography you know yes to like look at something and in a perspective that you wouldn't normally think of or you wouldn't take a photo like that. Wonderful. Right. It's, um, it's about the tactile experience for this guy of holding the film in your hands as well as in your being. Right. So that's the thing while he's printing and in the uh, dark room with the enlarger, you know, putting his hands on these things, seeing these images that nobody has seen before. That's the other thing. These are forgotten, orphaned images there's a certain sadness to it there is it's bittersweet because you're you're releasing these images into the world but the people who took the photos or who are in the photos may never see these hopefully on instagram people will see the photos and be like oh my god you know that's my grandfather or something and the film will have a home in someone's heart we have a small bag of film we're going to be sending over there he'll be thrilled don't you think yes i'll be thrilled i'd love to see what's on there they're thrilled. And I was, looking, I was looking through the bag and I'm like, I pull it. Like, this is film. We uh, accept donations for a school donation program. Cameras come in. Mm-hmm. We vet the cameras. And then, not a lot, but, you know, I don't know, 
ten percent, five percent of the time, there's 5%. a percent. There's a roll of film in there. Yep. And so, it's normally not fully shot. It's not fully, maybe four to ten frames. Yeah. So we roll it up, put it, and we just throw it in a bag. Because John will say, what are we going to do? Uh, throw it in a bag. Now, uh, now we know bag. what to do with it. We're never going to get... We all aspire to, like, oh, let's develop this, see what's on it. Yeah. We just don't have the time. Yeah. And here we found someone who this is their thing. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. There's a lot of people who find film and, and post them. Yeah. You know, found film. There's a group in Flickr, and I think there's one also on Instagram. And my one experience with that is... I went to an estate sale with Mark Dalzell, and the person that lived there had a French origin, where you know, from France. And there was a whole box of glass four by fives, and shot black and white negative film. Got the whole box for five bucks. Was thrilled. Went through it. Started scanning some of this stuff, and I'm like, holy shit, this is really old film. I didn't even know where it was. I'm like, okay, this is obviously France. I don't know where. Fortuitously, next door uh, to my house, there's an apartment. And a French couple moved in there. They were fresh from France. They had just moved out fresh from, from France. France. Fresh. Wonderful people. And I showed the pictures to Philippe. And I'm like, do you know at all where this is? And he was floored. He's like, oh, my God, this is the Rue de blah, blah, blah. In, in France, he's like, we used to live right by here. He's like, I know this corner. But this, these were shot in like the 20s or 30s. You know, but to see him light up and go, oh, my God. This is where I used to live. This is, I know this place, and this is what it looked like back in the day, you know, compared to what it looks like now. was wow. pretty cool. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to be talking about a Bell & Howell, a unique Bell & Howell SLR camera, as well as a, a, a new book from Ron Hoffer. Hey, on this break, we are going to open this box that Joby oh. sent us. Joby. So Joby, Joseph Brunches. Yeah. Good friend of the FPP. He's been on the FPP quite a few times. He's a wet plate shooter, large format shooter. He is uh, a maestro. Why can't I call him? The, why do I have to call him Joby? Why can't I call him the maestro? Do you remember Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Maestro. Yes. <laughs> he, he can be our local maestro. Why, why can't he, like, also write, like, a 30-second long, uh, you know, intro. intro to the show? I'll ask him. That would be nice, Joe. Joe. Like a fully, <laughs> You're the only person that calls him Joe. Fully orchestrated version. Wow, this is big. Yeah, this is big. Oh, Joe So B. this is from the famous Dewey's Bakery. Oh, the chocolate chip cookies. Brownie crisps. Yeah. Oh, that's my, my, my that's, area. That's yours. Yeah. Wow, thanks, bro. I'm going to have some chocolate chip cookies. They're I think that's soft, a great idea. Soft batch. Did now, you the, already dig into these? No. The beautiful thing about the Deweys, they come in a little pouch. You open the pouch. And there's another pouch. But that pouch, feel how silky soft that... Mm. Like, feel that. Have you ever felt a pouch that silky soft? Yes, but you don't want me to tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's a maxi pad. <laughs> maxi pads come in a pouch that... that is yes, that? that have this kind of silk. <laughs> no, for real. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Shut him down. <laughs> uh, well. Anyways. Ooh. <sighs> you want your taste? Hold on, I'll take my tea taste. Okay, these are from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. No shiz. Since 1930. Dewey's Bakery. By the way, folks, we're not... This is not like sponsored stuff. I just want to let all the new what? listeners to know... There's no plants here. We're just letting you know what we're eating. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nobody's, you know, we, we're not getting these from the distributor. We're and, getting and them as a I gift from don't someone else. Ins- I don't inspire to be a spokesperson. No. Mmm. Oh. Delicious. Do you prefer the soft cookie to the crunchy cookie? I'm a crun- crunchy cookie guy. but like the chips ahoy? Yeah. But the Dewey's, I have a soft spot for. You could bring these home for your family. Oh, really? They'll love okay. it, right? You can have these then. You have the choco chimps, as my daughter used to call it. What did you call it? Choco chimps. <laughs> like you make chocolate chimp pancake. When she was really little. Yeah, I miss it. Now she's almost as tall as I am. She can't say. She didn't say chips. She said chocolate chimp. Chocolate chimp. And she used to call the teenage mutant ninjas the teenage Newton ninjas. And a magic wand. Daddy, I have a magic wand. Wand. Revolutionary camera idea explodes on the scene. Minolta has taken the best features of 35mm reflex cameras and combined them with the simplicity and lightweight of cartridge cameras. The result? A remarkable camera with built-in zoom and close-up lenses. And through the lens viewing, it sets itself automatically. It's the world's only 110 zoom SLR. And it's dynamite. Hey, we're back. Aren't we? So we had a donation from Ron Hoffer, and Ron has been communicating me via email. So when Ron says, oh, hey, did you get my box, like, I know there's a pile of donations, yeah. but I don't know exactly where it it's is. It's like the warehouse at the end of Citizen Kane. It's just so many boxes, so many things. So we've been doing, John has been doing a great job of getting yeah. that pile down to or what I would call a reasonable level. John got to the box. Finally found it. Yes. And quite a box it was. What do you got? Let's see, wait, when, did, when was this? No, that's Joby's box. Oh, okay. Well, Ron Hoffer was a photographer. Uh, he's also an environmental environmentalist. He worked for the EPA, and he worked in many uh, capacities in Europe, in Eastern Europe, to help them, uh, once communism started to fall in the Eastern Bloc, to help them get up to snuff with environmental issues. So he sent his book along, he sent a very nice donation, and he sent this very strange camera, the likes I've never seen before. It's a Bell & Howell Auto 35 reflex camera. And the thing that makes it weird, well, the thing that makes it great, first of all, the clearest viewfinder I have ever seen. It is so big and bright and easy to focus that it's a pleasure to use. Apparently, according to Ron's letter, that this is a re- Vamped Canon? I don't know what kind of Canon. Well, it says Bell and Howell on it. Right. Bell and Howell had a deal with Canon back in the day. So Canon made this camera. I'm thinking Canon made the camera, and Bell but and Bell and Howell had a distribution in the U.S. Oh, I see. So I get, I'm guessing for so the, they branded it. Yeah. Bell and Howell. It doesn't say what year. Let me squint. And look at that camera. Give you a year. Really? Sixty-three. You think so? I don't know. Thing that makes it unique. That I've never seen, and maybe, Mike, have you seen this before? I've never seen that type of camera before. The, the lens does not have the aperture in it. The aperture is in the camera body, and you adjust the aperture with a little knob on the left of the camera. And when you look through the viewfinder, you can see it scrolling through the f-stops. So if you've metered and you need a f- 5.6... 
you can look through the eyepiece and dial right into 5.6 yes. on your camera. There's also a film speed knob and a shutter speed knob. Um, and then there's a EE mode. And you're claiming that there's a meter in this. There's a meter. It takes a battery? Mm-hmm. Takes uh, the the PX six twenty five. Yeah, the bigger one, bigger one. Yep. So and it's a solidly built camera. Oh yes, and it's got a screw lens that we can't get off. No, we don't want to break it. No, oh. we don't. It's on there. It's on there. Yeah, do a little Mark Dalzell. We were wondering if it's an M forty two screw mount lens, but do they counterclockwise? But but you know. I don't think we should tr- try to twist it because, let me tell you this, John, I don't think it's worth breaking it because all the M42 screw mount lenses we have, mm-hmm. they have uh, aperture on them. They have them on there. This is a unique. So if there was... I want to other- open it up so I can see it. If there were other lenses, oh, they would be up. specifically for this model. Right. I'm sure they would be. And it has a beautiful 50 millimeter 1.8 on it. Yep. It's, it's a really nice, solid camera. Does this sound like a Canon to you? All right. Doesn't it can it have a squeak or something? Oh, uh, the the you know late nineteen seventies Canons had squeaks. Oh, really? Yeah, this doesn't. The FT, FTB, TL, all those early you know nineteen sixty four era cameras don't necessarily squeak. It's a very interesting camera. Now, are you going to shoot a roll through that? Maybe I should. Maybe I should throw a roll through her. I was going to say when you showed me this Bell and Howell, it's called the Auto thirty five Reflex. Yes. And I saw that the aperture was behind the lens. It made me think of a Bell & Howell movie camera from the 60s because... They have the same mechanism? A lot of these cameras, even the brownie with the turret, the turret, you turn, turn the lenses, but there's no aperture on the lenses. The aperture's behind the lens. The brownie has that too, right? Yeah, so you shut down the aperture behind the lens. Right. Which but is you unique. Don't, you don't really see that on a 35-millimeter film not, camera. Not SLRs, you don't. But this is a beautiful... Even look at the Bell & Howell insignia. Is that in color? Is that a sticker? Is that it, No, it's etched in there. Is it blue? It's raised and painted blue, yeah. It's got blue and black paint on it. And orange paint and red paint on the uh, speed dial, shutter speed. Yeah. But it's a solid, beautiful camera. Right. And thank you for the donation, Ron. It was awfully nice it, of you. Yeah. He also sent... Um, uh, his uh, book. He also sent a check to help us out with uh, school donation shipping. shipping, which is we're sending out we're sending out four big boxes. Yeah, next show we're going to have a list of some schools that we're going to be donating to this summer, and um, one school is getting, as John mentioned, four big heavy boxes, thirty-three cameras, baby. And some schools kick in and say, "Hey, use our UPS account," or "Hey, use this number." But right now. There are many schools who say we don't have a budget for shipping. And that shiz is expensive, bro. Hundreds. Because the stuff's so heavy. And, of course, that depends on where the school is. If they're on the West Coast, it's quite yeah, this expensive. this is what? In Baltimore? And, uh, well, the one in New York shouldn't be that bad. No. And is, is Ron's book, is this commercially available? It was available, uh, in, it's printed in Germany. It's printed beautifully. Oh, this is printed in Germany. It's printed in Germany. It was available last year, I guess, in Europe. Called From the Bronx to Berlin and Beyond. Mm-hmm. And I just randomly opened a page. Master Fixer Boris. Oh, that's a good story. Ron traveled extensively throughout Eastern Europe. He always has a translator and a fixer. And Boris was the guy who took care of things for them. If they needed things... Boris got it. Or if okay. they needed a boat to go somewhere, Boris would find him out. So the book is peppered with all these interesting little stories of uh, comrades and co-workers and the people he met along the way. 
And why it's called Bronx to Berlin is that Ron was born uh, to Jewish immigrants in the Bronx. And very little was spoken about where they came from. Apparently, it was, you know, his parents did not have a great time being Jews in Eastern Europe. Uh, they were persecuted a lot, and they got out of there just before or after World War I, before the rise of Nazism, and before uh, the Soviet crush. So they didn't talk very fondly of the homeland. Right. Um, so his travels eventually led him to the area of his grandparents' birth, and he kind of concedes to the fact that, yes, is not a very good place. Like I said, he was um, a water and environmental manager specialist, management specialist for the EPA. His big thing when he was a kid, he grew up playing spies. That was his other connection. You know, a kid of the 60s, what do you do? We didn't have phones and James Bond, all that spies. Stuff. Spies were huge. But the book is, is a roadmap of his travels through the human experience rather than locations or restaurants or specifics like that. Things are mentioned, but that's not really the point of the book. Right. It's more about the human experience and the people he met along the way. Um, he didn't keep a written journal. To Ron, each of these photos uh, has a unique story and a memory to it. Like It's not unique, that perspective, but it is interesting because he had a pretty incredible journey. Mm-hmm. You know, from being in this part of the world where communists held its grip and was starting to, you know, fall and rise to democratic uh, principles. And the struggle wasn't overnight, and it still hasn't been completed, but it's about the emerging democracies in these communist countries. And the photos, you can see uh, the palpable hope on the faces of the people who were in communist scripts as they um, were trying to get into this new way of life, into the new uh, marketplace that democracy afforded. To see the look on their faces as they were trying to go through their everyday life. You can see the pride of the people trying to rise above the squalor of oppression. And there's a lot of vivid stories of the friends and moments and acquaintances he met along the way. And the co-workers who are all trying to rise to meet the promise of the emerging democracy and the freedom it offers that they couldn't quite attain yet. You know, they could eat, but they didn't eat well. They could travel, but they couldn't travel to all, all places. Right. Also, you know, there's not an extensive amount of writing in it, but all the stories are worth uh, reading. Um, he's an excellent tour guide uh, whose brief written interludes are written with a sense of narrative and heart. And um, there's an especially great passage, uh, like I mentioned earlier, of him visiting the homeland of his grandparents that you should definitely read. The cameras that he used for this book were mostly Nikons, sort mm-hmm. of like Nikon F3HP and a Nikon FM, but he used the Context T pocket camera. Oh. So there's three sections to the book. The first two chart his travels. And his growing relationships, and, you know, there's the story of Boris. There's also a great story of him trying to uh, rent a boat whose captain was uh, a communist soldier, and there were communist soldiers on board who were having a fight. And He tells the story quite well of how he thought that these people were going to kill him because he was American. They were arguing that they didn't want an American on board. But right. they chartered this boat so that they could go do a survey, environmental survey, for uh, cleaning up this river. The book is a great journey, uh, great photos. The third section is... All photos that kind of show off his artistic intent, uh, no stories behind them, but they show the environment and the squalor and the areas that he dealt with in his many, many travels. Nice. It's it's definitely worth uh, checking out. From the Bronx to Berlin and Beyond, Kerber Books by Ron Huffer. Well, you can find Ron at www.ronhoffer.com. Our uh, Instagram.com is ronhofferphoto. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. What show? This is a, this is flown by. We're out of time. 
John and I will be back next month. Yeah. See if we can rope in a special guest. We don't know. And we're trying to, I'm trying to organize some kind of something (laughs) to get the gang back together. That'd be great. Trying to figure figure that out. Well, everybody's vaccinated, right? Everyone's vaccinated. So just have to figure it out. So what's the problem? Uh, I don't know. Just leave me alone. I'll figure it out. Remember that song? No. Institution? Nope. You don't remember Institution? Mm Mm-mm. Like, all I wanted was a Coke. I just wanted a Coke. Oh, yeah, of course. Just wouldn't give me a Coke. Yep. just give me a Pepsi, please. All I want is a Pepsi. And she wouldn't give it to me. All I wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. And she wouldn't give it to me. Just a Pepsi. What's the problem? I'm all right. Just leave me alone. I'll figure it out. What's the problem? I don't know. Suicidal tendencies? Suicidal tendencies. It's in Repo Man. Yes. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Great movie. Otto. Yeah. I blame society, Otto. Then he dies. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, okay, folks, we'll see you soon.
No, kid, uh, usually when somebody pulls shit like that, my first reaction is, uh, I want to punch his face the lights out. But you know something? You're all right! This is not a drill. What's the uh <coughs> <coughs> What's the Instagram? Ron Hoffer. <coughs> is it Ron Hoffer photo? Yep. Ron Hoffer photo.